Affinity and a and a, an attraction to students that don't fit the mold because that was me. Yeah, yeah. Those are the ones that you know they. I don't talk to them. <laughs> so I, I mentioned a few minutes ago that your inspiration to so many, and I hear now in your roles that you have uh, gone through in your profession, you've mentored, right? And, and you're still a mentor. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about who mentored you. Who mm-hmm. are who are those that inspired you? Because I do believe leaders are born, but they have to be cultivated to be even great. Mm-hmm. So who poured into you? Wow. I, and I know you, you grew up in the church and the church is always, I think, you know, I, I went to the Baptist church Wednesday night, uh, Bible, you know, Wednesday night Bible study, Sunday school, summer vacation Bible school. So I understand that journey, but the church has always been a place for growing and seeing leaders. But then there's always that special person or persons, mm-hmm. right? who have allowed you to think about leadership through a different lens who inspired you and or mentored you to be the leader. Wow. Oh my gosh. I mean, that list can go on and on and on and on. Uh, because in every situation, um, and all of my lived experiences, I've been blessed to have someone that's kind of just, you know, patted my back, pushed me along undergirded me, strengthened me, right? When I, times where I thought I couldn't make it, they would like hold my arms up and say, come on, come on, come on, come on. So, I mean, I could go and name names like uh, into infinity, I would say, because it it hasn't just been about the individual uh, one-on-one, but it has been about the sum of mm-hmm. all of those that have poured into me that allows me to be who I am today, as well as the ancestors, right? And I say that uh, with great humility and pride because I didn't know my maternal grandparents. They passed, my, mm-hmm. my mom was orphaned as a teenager. So I didn't know them, mm-hmm. but I knew them through her right. and the family members, right. Right? right? And then my great aunties, my paternal, uh, my great aunties on my mother's side as well, who were... Uh, fierce advocates. I mean, they were talking about womanism and without using that term. Right, right. Right? About what it means to be a black woman, what it means to be a black mother, mm-hmm. what it means to be the, you know, the grand matriarch of the family. Right. And that responsibility that goes along with all of that. And so I can't ever not mention them. Right. And my grandparents. Right. Like, forever and ever. Every lesson, every conversation will always guide me. In my professional career and journey, I mean, I've just been blessed with so many wonderful people. Uh, Before I got into education, you know, because I was that person, Uh right? I was too grown for high school, (laughs) as I tell people. This is where the whole, like, aversion to going to the brick and mortar every day Uh, stemmed from. Because I'm like, it's really not much going on in here. I could learn more on my own. I could learn more if I just take the city by Uh storm. So uh, one of the career paths that I had outlined for myself was hair, makeup, and wardrobe. Okay. And so I did work, um, production, pre-production work for commercials. It's that theatrical space that you enjoyed when you were I enjoyed school. it, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So uh, one of the mentors that I have actually comes from that space. His name is Demetrius. He had a hair salon in South Orange. I was able to manage that hair salon for many years. 
And um, he was very inspiring to me. He taught me a lot about just the education around that cosmetology mm-hmm. and the benefit. I was a cus- I was a customer that he spoke to, <laughs> spoke me, talked me into going into college, into cosmetology school, and then coming back to be a manager. Then I did some work in retail simultaneously. Where I that's where I really understood my space and place was being a substitute teacher, and so. Um, I was taken by the hand. Obviously, my first position, uh, I mentioned him. Uh, Kefeli was mm-hmm. a wonderful mentor to me uh, and helping me, space right yeah, now helping me yes. understand the space yes. and not be not feeling apologetic that I didn't go through the traditional education route. You don't like that word traditional. I, I don't. See that. I don't. <laughs> I don't because I don't. I don't. It's like normal. Right, I don't know who right, who right. is this word for. Like right, who did. Right. Who was it created for? I don't get it because right. I was never that person, obviously. And then Doris J. Williams. Oh, my gosh. She was phenomenal. She is a phenomenal, fierce, fierce leader. Um, and uh, one of the first really strong female mentors that I've ever had in my life uh, who allowed me to really, I mean, she always showed her authentic self to me. And she really put me in spaces and places very early on in my education career that I don't think the traditional or the typical educator experiences that early on. Right. And so I will forever be indebted to her. Uh, Southern black woman who really just unpacked her journey in a way that changed and created so many educators. I mean, when I say her name to others, they're like, oh, she was she was there for me. She was there for me. She was one of those kind of people. Um, she is one of those kind of people. Let me say it that way. Um, she's one of those kind of people that makes you think that you're her best friend, and she has no one, no other best friends, right? You're the only one. Uh, one of those kinds. Cool. Cool. And cool. so um, forever I'll be blessed. And I, you know, for for um, the more recent occurrences in my life. I would definitely have to say our president, you know, Dr. Lamont Rappelet continues to be that guy, that driving force. I mean, a leader of leaders for sure. Um, Was my supervisor at the Department of Education for a little bit of time. So I definitely understand that. Yes. yes, Just I mean, you can tell that he's an athlete and a coach just by how he organizes teams and then how he places the support around individuals and so all along in my journey when I look at those building blocks I mean I just see the summation of all of those personalities and experiences coming together and I still benefit greatly from his mentorship and his leadership you have uh, now assumed the role of leader in in another capacity right Um, talk about what your current role here at the university roles I think there's about three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. What your current roles here at the university are? Well, I'm very blessed, again, um, I say that, because initially the president's vision for the division that I'm blessed to lead, and I will always say that it's a blessing to be able to lead this division, um, is Entrepreneurial Education Initiatives. Yes, yes, yes. So he created that space to be the pipeline between pre-K and 12th grade into Kane University. The blessing is that I get to work with people like you Appreciate. all the time and sit back and just thought partner right. 
on how can I support you to create innovative programs for people like me, right. people like you. Because right. I know you have a story because yeah. you're from New York. True. We all got stories, <laughs> right? Um, but the blessing is how do I get to create programs to address all students' needs, but not just the students, their families too. Right. Exactly. Because I told you the critical role that family played in my life. Um, and so when I think about the, the people that I grew up with, some were friends, some were just in my reference group. Um, and I was quickly becoming a product in my environment. Thankfully, my mom was able to make some adjustments to remove me from that space. Um, but how do we do that for other people who may not have the resources, that may not know how to do that? And that's the blessing of this position that I'm in. I get to sit with superintendents and all members of that ecosystem and try to come up with plans for that. After um, about a year and a half being here, I was asked, asked if I would step into the role of interim dean for the College of Education in China. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, wow, this is great because um, my son lived in Shanghai and studied there for some time. He's always been very engaged and enthralled by the culture and the language. So I'm like, wow, this is great. Look at this. I never saw myself being there, but I'm happy that I was able to have those experiences with my son, mm -hmm. set him up for that, because he reads, writes, speaks Mandarin. Okay. So I'm like, ah, this, this is a nice cultural connect for me. So um, I assumed that, that role and really enjoy a lot of the cultural exchange that's happening there. And then in October, mm -hmm. the president appointed me uh, to be the acting dean here at Kane USA for the College of Education. And I say to myself, thanks. And I say to myself, wow, like if I were the architect, I don't know that I would have created that blueprint yeah. for myself. Yeah. And that's why I feel that it's definitely been ordained. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and that's important for us to understand, folks, when we talk about that pathway to leaders, leadership, you didn't wake up and graduate from high school and say, I'm going to go and be the dean of education. I did not. And, and that's not the plan. Um, as I'm listening to your story, I'm, I'm listening to my, I, I was a substitute teacher in South Carolina when I graduated from college. Right? Uh -huh. um, so uh, you say battle tested, battle tested, yeah. right? Um, placed in situations that toughen your skin, but you're like, well, bring it. And again, I think that might be that, that spirit of us who kind of grow up in situations where you're forced to have to think about the challenges of day-to-day -day living, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I listen to you, and I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, I didn't know this about you. So you, you spent time in China. Well, your son spent time in China. You get a chance to enjoy that experience with your son. Um, you get a chance to then come back here and be dean of College of Education. Um, who knew, yeah. right, where you would be at <laughs> in 2024? But that's not all you. It's not just about your educational experience. You also are the president of another civic organization. <laughs> talk about that briefly. And we could talk all day about the work that you're doing. And I know we're coming up against that clock, but talk about that because that's just as powerful. Well, I was the chartering president. I am the chartering president for the National Coalition of 100 Black Women, the Central New Jersey chapter. Mm -hmm. um, I'm delighted now to know that uh, my tenure now has transitioned to where we have a um, another president now, okay. Dr. Okay. Tanya Breland, okay. as you know. Congratulations, um, yes. 
But it was a, a very interesting time for us in our chartering process. The purpose of that organization is specifically focused on advocacy for black and uh, black women and black girls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making sure that we're present and elevating the voice uh, for um, advocacy around uh, health conditions and health disparities, education, public policy, things of that nature. And so it's it's really been an awesome journey working with such committed ladies who are focused and we have a collective obligation, a moral obligation around ensuring that our specific needs are being addressed because we know that um, the impact that black women have and their voice oftentimes have is muted, is silenced, right? When we go to the doctor and talk about uh, pain and discomfort, it's not taken uh, with the same amount of consideration with non as non-black women, right? right so right. the work that we are engaged in and trying to create a space for black women and black girls is so important um, to make sure that they even understand that that's a thing. Like, you know, it's not until we sit around oftentimes and have these conversations that we realize it's not a one-off, that this is really something that's impacting us at record high numbers. And so um, having those conversations, having those table talks out there and bringing awareness to some of those challenges is really important. I don't know if you just saw it and you can capture it. Normally when we do the podcast, it's just a voice, right? So you can't see the the face behind the voice. Um, But just now when you were talking about that, your passion came out real quick (laughs) as you leaned into you know, healthcare disparities that exist, right? When you leaned into a moment of, I'm prideful of, look at what we chartered and started, yes. right? And it's like you passed on your, like I'm going to go into the education reference. I'm passing you on to the next grade. Now, I, right. I, I did a lot of work here. Don't mess up my baby, yes. right? Um, you're definitely an, uh, becoming an icon in this space. I'm going to ask you to think about this. And sometimes it's hard for us to sit in these leadership chairs and we hear this word, um, Give it the depth and breadth that some may want to give for you. What do you want your legacy to be? Mm. So, mm, I um, I continue to evolve in 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 that in unpacking that. Right. I want I want people to know that I was here to make a difference not a difference that only impacts my family, my immediate family, but a difference for all people's children. I want I want people to say, wow, she was really, really committed to making sure that families have trajectories that set up their families for generations to come. So one of the most recent units I have under my portfolio is called Generation to Generation. Mm-hmm, right. Now, I didn't know about this uh, f- from a research lens. I didn't even know like it was a thing. Mm-hmm. I just know as a practitioner, and I'm unapologetically a practitioner. Right. I just know as a practitioner and through my lived experiences, when you put a safety net around the entire family, the outcome is always going to be beneficial. Right. 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 So it's not enough for us to just 
deal with the student in isolation. We have to bring the whole family along. We have to educate everyone and make change outcomes for the whole family in order to see any sustained and lasting change. So when I uh, think about my legacy, right, that is definitely a part of that that is key and critical and really knowing thyself, you know, Malefe Asante talks mm-hmm. about that all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, knowing yourself, know thyself, yes. know thyself. Yes. and thyself is not Sancha the individual, but it's Sancha and all that's responsible for why and how Sancha got here. I'm more than just the product of my parents. Right. 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 When I'm in this space, it's a sacred space. And I represent so many others that came before me, right? So when I think about that legacy, I think about just that. Like, I represent them. I bring them into this space everywhere I go. And so I'm prayerful that when my transition comes, that I will have left enough of that for someone else to take it. And multiply it exponentially. Thank you. Dr. Gray, Dean Gray. <laughs> I can sit here and talk for it so much because there's so many other things I want to just 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 discuss, right? Because like you said, this this space is supposed to be about authentic conversations. Um, I and I, I chose to create a podcast space as initially a space of healing for me. Mm. Um, and wow. that being in the superintendent chair. You know this. It gets lonely at times. It's very lonely at um, the top. And so how do you begin to communicate the things that are on your head, but also make it about growth and healing? Growth for young people, because how accessible are we? We both are we're in small districts, so I'm sure your mm-hmm. students at the high school could touch you. Right? Yes. They come talk to you. So I enjoy that when the kids can come and talk to you in that space. We're not in large, urban, major, you know, 200,000 student districts. Right. But it's still lonely at the there yeah. is space and so this became a healing space but along the way i've gotten a chance to talk to a lot of students practitioners people like yourself who have made me think about um this space can become powerful if we bring the right people at the table to talk about topics that are just authentic to us but other people may be thinking about mm-hmm. i wish my superintendent when i was in school would have had a conversation table talk for us yeah yeah right i may have joined another civic organization who knows we don't know where that journey may have taken us so this podcast, video cast, is meant to really inspire young people and others to reflect, mm-hmm. to grow, and maybe see their path. And ironically, I'm sure somebody might come in and say, you know, Dr. Gray, look where she ended up. So maybe I'm going to tap out of high school, too. Dr. Gray's not telling you to tap out of high I, school. <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you said that because I I did want to make a reference to that before we closed. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to tell that story publicly Mm -hmm. because of that. Mm -hmm. So what I never want to do is give a student the impression that that is the path to follow. Um, I I held on to it not because of being ashamed Mm -hmm. of my story about or or of my journey, but I held on to it uh, for so long because I didn't want students to shortcut the process. Right, right, right? right. Um, I didn't want them to think of it as a shortcut. I did that because there were all other prerequisites in place that afforded me the opportunity to be able to do that. Uh, But in hindsight, 
I would have, and sometimes I reflect on having missed like the high school prom and some of those uh, social activities right, right. that would have gone along with completion of high school. Again, it was the path that made sense for me at that time, but by no means do I ever want to suggest to a high school student to take that path. Um, if, if they find themselves there, there is hope, right? Right. Right. So you can go on and do great things. Right. But um, I don't want, I never want a student to feel like that is the way to do it. I believe education is at a, uh, at a very critical point where we have to hear students say that the paths, the current traditional paths yeah. and the pathways, they're not fitting me. No, nah, they're not. And I think what I take out of the conversation you're saying is that at an early age, you realize that the path that you were on, something was a little off for you. And we need to listen as adults to what should those pathways look like. When I was at the Department of Education, Dr. Repolette said to me one day, and he kept mentioning the pathways, pathways, pathways. And I was director of state director for career Office of Career and Technical Education and, and Career Readiness. And that's where I really began to hone in on what are the multiple pathways, yes. the on and off ramps yes. that we allow our children to experience mm -hmm. to where they can find their, their true self, right? And whatever that true self looks like. So I'm appreciative that you mentioned that. Uh, before we close, to bring a little levity to it, and I'm I'm glad that we were walking in. I learned a little about a bit about you. We are we are born in the same year. Yes. We just found out we're both New Yorkers. So I'm sure that as we think about the 50 years of hip hop, I'm sure that you understand. And you use the word cipher, so I know this is the oh, appropriate yeah. question. So jump into it. Let's see. Who are your top five hip hop artists? Oh my gosh. <laughs> five top five. So, can I put them next to each other? You get, all right. <laughs> 1A, 1B? No, you get 1A, 1B. Okay. Tupac and Biggie? Tupac and Biggie. <laughs> I understand Biggie. <laughs> Gotta put them there. Got you. You know, because, uh, yeah, I mean, Biggie, right? You're right. Uh, it's Biggie. Um, so, uh, 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 EPMD, wow, for sure. yes, definitely. Right? Yes. Wu-Tang, for sure. Another, another, another. I can't leave out my Hollis crew crowd. I, 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 you know what I mean? I got to do Run DMC. Okay. I will always be okay. like Run DMC. Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, the list could go on. Mm -hmm. uh, but Music's in your family. I, I understand. I mean, and the arts is in your family. I oh, mean, my you gosh, started, yes. So, so, so I, had to, I had to throw that question in there. Yes. We all need relaxation and downtime. So which one do you prefer? Island travel? Cruise? backyard barbecue mm. i'm a cruiser all day every day favorite island to go to uh so i mean i love the caribbean but i went to ibiza oh, and wow. i was like this where it's at the mediterranean i liked it a lot yeah so um i'm born and raised in brooklyn flatbush so if you're from Flatbush, you're Caribbean. Yes. It's so you know I'm Jamaican, I'm Trinidadian. You know I'm all of that. I'm Haitian. Talk about say uh -huh. like I'm all of that. So I'm always going to embrace the islands, right? Uh, although my family's ancestry, as far back as I can go, is in this country. So I, uh, Black American, uh -huh. Southern roots, uh -huh. um, that I know, um, that I'm able to 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 uncover. But, um, yes, I do enjoy a nice tropical <laughs> vacation. But cruising is where it's at because it lets me see a lot of different places in a short period of time. And I can't go without asking you, you know, and this, 
day and age of uh, international flavors and cuisines, what's the one food that you know, if it was put on the table right now, you couldn't resist and had to, had to grab a slice, a piece of, or a plate of? You know, I like to cook. People like to eat what I cook. <laughs> so... Now we add chef to your uh, your repertoire. I'm just saying. All right. I, I love Southern food. Okay. Southern black food. Okay. Is where it's at for me. Okay. I mean, collard greens, mac and cheese, like. Oh, she's putting yams, the meal. Like our producer Ron over here is nodding. He's probably about mm-hmm, to salivate right mm-hmm. now. So. <laughs> so you put some mac and cheese on it to bake mac and cheese, not just. How many different cheeses do you use? Five. I use six. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> we might have to have a I might say, you know, we have to have a is it deep Mac dish? How deep is the yes, dish? Yes, exactly. Uh, okay, okay. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. What part of the South are your ancestral roots? Um, North and South Carolina. Mm, same here. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. And I'm what, still trying to do some research there to kind of understand a little bit more the story exactly where and why I can't get past in the census data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really um, an area of of like passion and focus right um black american history like i'm just all over that dr gray dean gray you have left a a lot of little nuggets on the table um i like to say that hopefully we put the puzzle together when we put this and present this to the audience that we put a puzzle together that leaves them wanting to meet you (laughs) um, inspired by your, your your journey but ultimately, just appreciative of you being in this space. Um, I tell people all the time, I have been blessed and afforded to come in the company of people who have poured into me, not even sometimes knowing they have. Mm-hmm. And I thank you for being a advocate, a scholar, um, a friend, and and someone that inspires others to, you know, step back and reflect on self. So. Thank you for letting us use your space today. Hillside, we continue to try to grow and expand. I always say these might be 20 to 25 minutes, and I think we have probably topped the longest time. But we're talking about leadership. We're talking about putting in front of you people who change the landscape of education today. And I think we've done that with none other than the great Dr. Sancha Gray here at Kane University. I'm going to allow you to leave with a word, a quote, something inspirational that's on your spirit and heart as we close out today. Intention. Set your day every day with intention. That's how I started every day. We're going to be in, we're gonna leave it at that. Let's give a round of applause one more time to our host here. Let's continue to go forth and do great things. Hillside, stand up. Let's get it. Let's go. Hey, Hillside. <laughs>